old is the youngest? Four. Oh, he's like my warrior. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, ¿cuántos tienen los tuyos? I have an 11-year-old, mm -hmm. a 10-year-old, a 4-year-old, and a 2-year-old. So close together. The, yeah, like in sets. So, the, the 11 and 10 are 13 months apart. That's from my first marriage. And then the 2 and 4 are 2 years apart. And that's from my second marriage. Oh, okay. Still so close together. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. It's like to go to Walmart is Don Aventura Girl. Strap them in. I buy dog beds, and I don't even have dogs. Pero las uso to put in the cart para cuando se me duerme. <laughs> in the back piece. That's a good idea. Super comfortable, girl. That's I know porque se quedaban dormidos y tú, oh my gosh, and like. Yes, para no levantarlos. Yeah, I remember when my kids were little. But four is still little. Your little one's too chiquito. He's four. Well, yeah, but I but think. But what's the age gap between the four and the castilla? So four and then. My six-year-old, he'll be seven next month, so three and a half God, years. Yeah. yeah, And then I have, after Ezra, I have my 11-year-old, and then I have a 14-year-old, and then a 16-year-old. Also, it's the older ones that were kind of like little clusters. Yeah, because that's all oh. I was going to have. Oh, my gosh. That was Teenagers it. and toddlers. Oh, so I, I'm the oldest of four girls. I'm the youngest of four girls. Really? Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm the oldest, and I've been pregnant with every single one of my sisters. What? That's really Yeah, every so time that they've... With two? No, no, like at some oh. point, I've been pregnant oh, okay. with one of my sisters. Yeah. That's I so mean, cool. I don't know that that's like something to like brag about, but it, I, I thought it was cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like they've been pregnant, and I've been pregnant. That, <laughs> that is pretty is cool. So ah, pero bueno, let's start this. I mean, which That's basically we already did. I know. Ya estamos chismeando, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Por eso me gusta empezar a hacer record. Like, just... To warm know. up the vibe. To warm yeah. up the vibe and get that coffee stain. <laughs> I was like... Oh, I told my husband, I'm like, I can never get a break in my mind, girl. I was going to get ready and look cute and represent. And no. Mom life said, uh-uh. No, 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 no. A veces, like, también, there's been a few times que si me puedo poner poquito makeup or whatever. But really, I'm just, I'm at the point where I'm like, uh, it's okay. Like, we're just going to talk. So and, and then oh, your thank skin you. is like, that's his glow. A la mejor porque ahorita me hice los facial massage. <laughs> oh, girl, you keep doing that because they're working. <laughs> I know. Sabes que si me relaja, I, I do them because I get really stressed out throughout the day. So I just like go in there and like whatever feels good. Y me hace release like a bunch of tension all the time. So I'm always, siempre, si me llegas a ver, I'm always going to be like touching my face all the time. Because it relaxes me, you know? Seriously. <laughs> Oh, so I actually, I do remember seeing you when really? in high school, you were like a freshman and I was already like on my way out. No, because I was 90. I was a freshman in 99 and you graduated in 97. I did see you though. I don't know you how, but I did see you. Me. I would go a lot to the boy dances, to the boy games, porque mi grandma, pues es mi tía abuela, Magdalena uh -huh. Hernández, she used to do PTA and all that for, for boy. La Mondesola, right? Andy. 
Yes. Okay. So ella es mi tía abuela y yo era como uña y mugre with her everywhere me traía. And I was like the only güerita. That's probably why, because I do remember, and I remember you always had like short hair, real curly, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh so God, I do. Yes. I do remember you. <laughs> I okay, do. so crazy question that I uh -huh. didn't even ask. So you didn't hear about Adopt-A-Mom through Bobby? Or is that how you heard about Adopt-A-Mom? No, I had heard beforehand because we have a lot of mutual friends. Okay. We have okay. a lot of mutual friends. And I think maybe the first one that might have told me about it I don't even know if I'm like making this up already, but I, I have, I, you know, you know how that goes. I have this yeah. like memory of Via Rosa Moreno one time. I and love Rosa. She's very active in Adopt a Mom. I know. Well, see, I think I had already seen the group name and then I think she might have told me about it because she's a part of it. Yeah, she's super like, uh, she's a very active member, actually. Yeah. So that's how I had heard. So this was like, Wow. Yeah, because I was wondering, I'm like, did she hear about us because Bobby mentioned us in the donations of the backpacks? And then I was like, I never even asked her that. <laughs> no, 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 no. So when he mentioned you guys, I was like, oh, yeah, I have heard about that group. Yeah, but I had already heard of you. So That's if you crazy. don't mind telling people, because I know, because I've already been snooping in the group. I've already been snooping in the group. So, but maybe you can tell people listening what it is. How did it, how, what it is and how did this start? So the way it actually started, it's so crazy, girl. So the pandemic hits and every mom on earth, for the most part, has to do virtual learning. At that time, I had like, I think my, my youngest was like three months. And then Warrior was three who had to do early learning because he has a speech delay. Mm -hmm. So they wanted him on the camera from 7.30 to 11.30. And then my oldest two to log. It was just so much. And then I helped my husband run his business. I was like, I need an outlet. Like I am slowly like dying here, you know? And I've always been a people person. And it just so happened that at that time during the pandemic, estaba un grupo que se llamaba Adopt a Senior. And then they did an adopt a nurse and an adopt a teacher and whatever. But the adopt a senior was the one that really like caught my attention. And I was like, I'm going to adopt seniors. So I ended up adopting like four seniors. Uno de ellos de la Bui, pero vivían Juarez. Uh -huh. So that particular little boy really just hit a chord in my heart because we actually had to, I had to pay somebody to cross his gift to him to Juarez, mm -hmm. which was like, you know, wow, if you can do this for somebody and change their entire dynamic like COVID was a really rough year for so many of us EOV like that he lit up and I was like moms need this we need to be reminded that someone cares that someone notices that we're keeping the household together and so I took the blueprint there's that mosquito I took the blueprint girl I've been trying to kill it I took the blueprint of adopt a senior which was nominate a senior create a care package and deliver the care package. That mm -hmm. was the concept. So I took that concept and it was nominate a mom, right? Get a list of her likes. A random stranger is gonna adopt her, create a care package and deliver it. That was the initial essence of the group. But then I wanted to incorporate giveaways that for most moms are maybe out of their budget mm -hmm. or you know how it is. We put a flat iron back because our kids need shoes or we put the Mac lipstick that everyone's talking about because it's $40 and it's not in our budget. So at that time I thought, I'm just going to do these really awesome giveaways. 
100% free, and we called it Mejor Muerta Que Sencilla Fridays. So every Friday, we had these challenges, and I would make the moms do ridiculous things, and it was just hilarious, and we'd crack up and bond, and, and then the live started, and then the very first community outreach, which actually got us the attention of the news, it was a muchachita que se le quemó su casa in uh, Sunland Park. Her house burned down, she had four kids, and she lost everything. So one of the moms reaches out to me and she's like, hey, you know, you've got a group of a bunch of moms. This young lady lost her house. Is there anything you can do? And it was one of those stories that like, you just couldn't turn your back on, you know? I yeah. didn't know how we were gonna do it. I didn't know what we were even gonna give her, but I was like, I've gotta do something. So sure enough, girl, I mentioned it to the moms on the live. And that was really the first time that I realized the power of motherhood and women getting it done. like. Girl, we we collected ropita for all of them. Furniture, $2,000 on a GoFundMe. Brand new clothes. I mean, todo, todo, todo. That little girl got. Well, young girl, because she wasn't little. They went and interviewed her cuando se le quemó su casa. And she's, they're like, how are you doing it? Where are you living? She's like, no, pues I got my apartment and I have everything. And it was like a week after the, the incident, I think. And they're like, what? And they're like, she's like, yeah, a group of like, Random moms. moms just gave me everything. <laughs> exactly. And so then that's kind of where the community outreach branch really sprouted. And that's when I realized we really have the capacity to do so much, you know? And we were only like 600 members back then. So then the news comes out, they do the story. That did help our group grow. But if you notice, our group is private. Yeah, I did that with the intention of trying to keep our moms safe because we were doing a lot of exchanges, providing addresses, and a lot of our moms are single moms, jovencitas. You never know, girl. It's too much liability. Even without it being a public group, we've just done so much. It's just been amazing. I know because I was browsing through the different hashtags, actually. You gave me <laughs> yeah. the love your community and I was looking through and I was like, like, everybody's just really excited, right? Like I, the pictures they share, it, it is a very active group. Um, yeah. You did warn me about that. It's, <laughs> it's very, very busy. Our yeah. feed is crazy. <laughs> but, it's, but it's a good thing, you know, because it tells you people are engaging and people are mm -hmm. sharing, like they're sharing pictures of their kids and they're just I thought it was so sweet because a lot of them it was just like look at my kid how beautiful mm -hmm. my kid is you know what I mean mm -hmm. and like and like just to show off like a little part of your of your life so I thought that was really sweet another reason that I really like what you're doing and just the whole concept is because and you and I when we connected which by the way we just went off right I like know. sending messages back <laughs> Girl, <laughs> like we knew each other already. And I was just like, she's going to think I'm crazy and I talk too much. But um, <laughs> no, but what I did tell you was that I remember being a young, a young mom and having young kids. Now, at the time I was away and like completely away from family. I'm talking Alaska. That's where I started having my babies, right? So I was away. I was alone. I did have my sisters come out to stay with us for a little bit, but with, they were young, you know? And so, I mean, yeah, they help with like, oh, here, I'll hold the baby or whatever. But at some point, you they're teenagers, right? And so I had a really, really hard time connecting with other moms not because there was there was there was other moms around me mm -hmm. but there was only a few that I really could connect with because a lot of things were in the way cultural beliefs were in the way you know the way I mean I'm talking I went from living in El Paso being used to this 
Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> starting with the weather. Yeah, <laughs> just start- yeah. exactly starting with the weather. <laughs> Te vas para allá y pues it's completely different. It's like a completely mm-hmm. different world, right? And so I was alone for a lot of that because mm-hmm. um, el papá de mis niños en ese tiempo pues estaba fuera, you know, y se iba por años. It was really, really, really hard raising babies, essentially sort of just on your own, you know, in a way. I think the hardest thing too for me then, which I mentioned to you, was that a lot of people then, I know it still exists today, but more so then, they didn't really have respect for stay-at-home parents, mm-hmm. you know, because it was like, you're, you're just lazy. You just don't want to mm-hmm. do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so it was really tough because even though there were other moms around me, a lot of them worked and they didn't fully just stay at home. Pero para mí era bien importante quedarme en la casa because I grew up with a mom who was always working. That, that was her thing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad because that's who she is and that's who she was and that's who she needed, right? That, that's who she was. Pero, you know, I did need mom present because she was she was gone for long periods of time and so I did need mom and I always knew that when I started having a family that I wanted to stay home with my kids and so you know decidimos I'm gonna stay home you know full time and I didn't get really like people look down on on that you know Mm -hmm. a lot and so That was another barrier, me putting up of like, well, I don't want to socialize with anybody if you don't think I bring anything of value to the table, table, you know. So I see what you guys are doing. And I'm like, that's really, really awesome because you really are bringing community and not leaving these moms alone. Young moms, you know. know? It's funny that you say that, friend, because I really think Adopt-A-Mom took off and embedded in the DNA of the group was just this potential to empower. And I didn't realize that I was empowering people. Like I was just being me and crazy, animal muchachas and whatever. But these women, not all of them, a lot of them, much like myself, felt underappreciated at a time where it was just high stress for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't that our husbands didn't love us. It was just that they were overwhelmed Am I going to have a job? Are we considered essential workers? Am I going to get unemployment? Like it was just crazy, a very crazy, high stress time. And moms had to pick up a lot of the dead weight. And this group, really, it was a lifeline for me. And in the process of being my lifeline, I began to see how it was other moms' lifeline. Mm -hmm. And during such a part, we even forgot COVID existed. It was crazy. It was like surreal. We were doing birthday parades every month, looking forward to that. I mean, we always had something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. That COVID for anybody that was part of Adopt-A-Mom was not as difficult anymore. We just had something to look forward to. And I think that that's where like we realized we've got something going on. And then when we would see time after time, girl, te lo juro, we have done so much. These moms always astonish me. I'll have a goal of like, we need... 100 turkeys and then before you know it my house is i have no space like it's like 200 turkeys ham and they're crazy a good crazy you know but it's beautiful to know that you can cultivate that moms like you say there's this stigma that a stay-at-home mom is limited to empowering and impacting a community and women of in a professional environment 
And that's so far from the truth. I got the moyote. Bueno. Qué bueno. <laughs> that's so far from the truth because I consider myself to be an educated person. I can hold my own in, in an intellectual conversation, you know. Society stigma of a stay-at-home mom is that you're ignorant, and it's like, I bring way more to the table than that. So when we do like amazing things, oh girl, I can't even tell you how proud it feels to be like, that's right. And a bunch of mamas did it too, honey. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. No, it's true. It's true porque mucha gente sí like inmediatamente me preguntaban, well, what do you do? And then it's like, in my head, I'm like, what don't I do? I mean, because it's nonstop. And then something that I struggled with too, that I think perhaps the group that you've created and the moms that are involved, maybe will have a little less, they'll have less trouble getting past this. But the mom guilt of Oh my gosh, like you want to do something for yourself. You're tired. You know, for me to even say out loud, I'm tired and I need a nap. It carried so like much weight on me that how dare I want to take a break for years and years and years and years. But then there came a point where I was like, I can't 100% function and I can't be there for my family, for my kids, if I don't do something for myself. And no. I don't I don't care what that looks like. Because, you know, you you pick whatever it is that looks good for you. Um, you know, I've learned, well, I picked it up because from a very young age, like just physical activity has been a huge de-stressor for me. So it finally came to the, you know, the time where I was like, no, pues a la fregada, I'm going to do what I like to, you know, to take time for me. I I won't. Right now I'm not drinking coffee, as I told you, sadly. But <laughs> but before I would do, it would be something as simple as I refuse to drink cold coffee. So I'm going to sit down. Five times in the microwave all day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, so it would be like I would do anything I needed to do and I would make sure that I would sit with my hot, because I love extra, extra super hot, like black coffee. I'm going to sit down and have that and enjoy it. So, and it sounds stupid to other people, but that was a big deal to me because that was setting a boundary, you know, even with my kids. Let me finish this cup of coffee. Nobody's dying. <laughs> Nobody's bleeding. There's no emergency. Play for a little bit. Do that and let me do that. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, it's it's been a bit of a pushback even within myself learning to do that. Every time that I do it, I feel good about myself. I feel good because I'm like, I'm showing up for me. I'm doing something good for me and then modeling that for the kids as well. Yeah. And I think that that's important, friend, to set healthy boundaries because mothers are not robots. We're humans. We get exhausted. You know, there's always that saying that cuando una mamá se enferma, there are no days off. And it's so true. You know, if you think of it statistically, women in, in, in um, like marriages, they tend to pass a lot of the times before the husbands. And you think of it in the concept of workload, it is non-ending. And my husband is an, a wonderful provider and an amazing husband, but a lot of the times he's also my fifth child. I have to remember where he left his keys and where he left his invoices. And if we go, you know, my vacations are not a vacation. They're yeah. nightmares. I have to pack for everybody. I've got to think for everybody. I've got to do the itinerary. A lot of that is kind of taken as a light duty. Mm -hmm. But without us, we really are the essential workers because without us, the house does not run. And for that matter, society as a whole, we're a very intricate role in 
that people don't realize, don't realize. And you know what? I think when COVID happened, uh, because I've had friends who are, I I mean, amazing moms, like they work out outside the home, but they're obviously very much present and still doing all the mom things, right? Um, And getting work done or whatnot. But then COVID hit and then they were like, (laughs) Oh my gosh, you know, because now they were stuck at home and they didn't have that outlet of having to go out and having adult time. Conversation, yes. Just Even t- a one hour lunch break, girl. But I tell Dillard's the comestu lunch that distress, or not only that, feeling like I did something, meeting a company goal, sending an email and feeling like a badass. Like mm-hmm. being a stay at home mom, you lose that. And I think the biggest factor is there's a huge sense of identity loss. Yep. You know that somewhere deep inside, I have so much potential. And that's why for me, I don't know if you caught on to it, but the mommy mercadito, a lot of people think that's all Adopt-A-Mom is, that we make this mommy mercadito. No, the mommy mercadito is essential because it took women with amazing skill mm-hmm. in their craft, in their art, whatever. And it re... It like reignites. Yes. Yeah. It like reminds them, wait a minute. I'm not just a mom of two kids that cooks and cleans all day. I'm an artist and people love my art and they're willing to pay a hundred bucks for this, 40 bucks for my cups. And so that's what a lot of people miss when they see the mommy mercadito. Some people, you know, they'll reach out to me and want to be vendors just to make a quick buck. And I'm like, hi, hi, hi. It's not about that. It's so much deeper. It's about taking a mom that's been making cups for five years in her house and never she's plateaued not because her product isn't good enough not because she's not creative enough but because no one's given her the platform to remind her that she's good enough yeah and so you give them these tools friend you give them a free venue you give them the opportunity the marketing whatever and now they're like book for the whole year you know what i mean like there's something that happens yeah that's so cool you know and 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 i was telling someone recently i was talking with them about the podcast essentially too and i was saying you know what this is my outlet Mm -hmm. this is my space i get to bring people on here that i love and i want to hear more about them or something about them is intriguing to me and i get to have this conversation with them right but more so than that and I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> I get such a high when I see people enjoying themselves. When they're t- like, like watching you right now, tell me about how meaningful it is, right? How excited you get to see that you can do this for these women. Mm-hmm. It gives me a high, right? I get so excited. So I was telling them, if anything, that's what it does for me, too. It's selfish in a way as well, too, for that reason, not just because it's my space and it's my boundary, my alone time with another adult, right, that, of, <laughs> of my choosing, of my choosing, because yeah. how many times do you have to deal with people that you don't necessarily want to talk see, with, but whatever, yeah. right? But this is like <laughs> my time, my choosing of the individual. So it's selfish in that way, but it's also selfish because I get such a kick out of of hearing these things and hearing how excited they get. And I love it. Right now, I have a question for you. This is why I was mentioning this. I I have always since I can remember because you and I were talking about this over Messenger last night about how hard it is sometimes to see the need of 
so much that that's happening, right? A, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of grief, yeah. a lot of sadness and really, really difficult situations for some people. I, since I can remember, I couldn't handle those emotions. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And I just always felt that everybody around me was the same way, that everybody operated mm-hmm. the world the same way, right? I would get overwhelmed with, mm-hmm. I need to fix this. I need to fix it. I want to help. Since I was a really young girl. But here recently, I question that because I do think that's part of who I am. I do think that that is a huge part of just who I am as a person. But I also went through some really crappy things that no young child should ever go through. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I also learned to people please from Mm -hmm. a very young age, right? It was like, I got these cues, I learned to read the the room, and I've mentioned this in other episodes, I've learned to read the room, I feel other people's vibe, and then it's like, okay, this is how I need to meet them, right? Mm -hmm. So that everybody stays calm or whatever, right? So then I also wonder how much of me wanting to just give so much of me has to do with that. Now, it's not something that like, It's not a question that stops me from feeling what I'm feeling and then helping if I can help because in the moment I genuinely want to help and I'm going to go with it. But can you empathize with that? Is that was that what it was for you or you just simply this is what what's always been like for you? So, yes, and no. And I really I'm really, really big on the theory that you are children right, are a byproduct of their environment. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Segundo Barrio. Mm -hmm. I know what it was to not have anything. I knew what it was to sleep on a bed with all 10 of my cousins. Like, I knew that. And I really think that that played an intricate role in how I developed. Mm -hmm. But I think that by nature, I was always a humanitarian. And it's like you say, a people pleaser. Yo quería salvar al mundo. I'd see a homeless. Mm -hmm. I wanted to give them whatever I had. And even in relationships, when I think of my younger day relationships, they could treat me like crap. And I was convinced that if I loved them enough, gave more of myself, I could save them and change them. And funny enough, in my 20s, I told one of my best friends, I was like, bro, I'm like a gardener. <laughs> I get these weeds of men with thorns, todo el pelo. I pluck them, I make them blossom, I water them. Me mandan a la fregada and the next girl gets the pretty rose bush. <laughs> y tú casi que, you're welcome, homegirl. <laughs> you're welcome, homegirl. I did that for you. Yeah. But, You know, it's funny because in the process, it's like the cocoon and the butterfly. In the metamorphosis of that, I learned who I was. Mm -hmm. And I was always sure that I was different. Mm -hmm. But in the process of heartache, in the process of extreme situations, of loss, of all of that, I found my genuine and true identity. And I think that as a grown woman, once you find that, nothing traumatizes you, nothing scares you, nothing surprises you. And so, you know, in running the group, there is a lot of really hard situations mm-hmm. that need to be made that I never actually even address to the group. I get a lot of inboxes, a lot of people that need help. And some of them genuinely need the help. We're not funded. We're not a nonprofit. A lot of people think we are. Everything that we have come up with is literally entre una, dos, veinte, you know? And sadly enough, I've also seen the really ugly side of people. I've had to be the bearer of bad news and tell people that take our group and try to take advantage of our moms 
who have beautiful, noble hearts, who are more than willing to take the shirt off of their back. But unfortunately, in some cases, you'll have vultures that see that as an opportunity mm-hmm. and they try to come in and play the victim. And I'm a really good, like, como dices tú, I can feel people Read pretty character. well. Yeah. Sure, girl. And I'm, I try to be the most transparent person that I can be, por lo mismo. And I have to be the one to have those tough conversations. Like, hey, you know what? I'm so glad we helped you. I wish you the best. Here are these resources. But moving forward, we will not be able to assist you. And it's hard because some people are like, como eres fea, she had a need. And, you know, sometimes you just see so much of the truth that they don't. And you have to. The way I'd say, I always tell it to the moms too. I'm like, I feel like I'm the protector of the group. And well, yeah, so that's your baby. It really is your well, baby. Beyond that, like these moms are so beautiful. Their hearts are so genuine, girl. Like the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because I'm sure there's some in there that they don't even care. The ones that give, the ones that are consistent, they genuinely are some of the most beautiful people I have ever met. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's my job to protect their vulnerability because they entrust me. A mom in the group will feel that if I post something, it holds higher regard than any other post. Right. Like right? it's been vetted and you've. Yeah. Yes, you've, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So and then a lot of times, for example, you'll have situations with GoFundMe's. Friend, there is a lot of need. And it's not that someone's GoFundMe is less important than a GoFundMe I share. Mm-hmm. It's just that there's also a lot of shady people. So yeah. they're not just going to give to any GoFundMe. However, if I'm like, guys, this 20-year-old girl, she's fighting leukemia. Her parents don't have papers. You know, we need to help. And if I put it out there, then they know she's legit. They totally trust me. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. It really is. It's also but a huge it's, responsibility. Yeah, it is. And yeah. but there's times when people might think like, me trato muy mal or whatever. And I'm not. I try to be like the most courteous and compassionate that I can be. And I'm very well versed where I don't like just treat someone like crap. I am also a person that like is very blunt mm-hmm. and I don't beat around the bush. Yeah. And if I feel that you're doing something that's just unethical or inappropriate or, or lacks transparency, I'm going to address that with you. And you've got to be ready for it because if you're not, you know, it's like. Sorry. Well, you do. You do have to do that. I struggled doing that growing up, you know, but then you build a backbone. And I think that a lot of people seem because I'm pretty like calm and I laugh and blah, blah, blah. And I. Yeah. And so people think that maybe it's not in me. Mm. It's not something I choose to do all the time. If I don't have to have that energy in my life, I don't. But yeah, over time you build a backbone and then it's like, you know, I think the beautiful thing about that is that you get to address these situations, but you don't even have to hold a resentment, you know, any resentment or or a grudge. It's just like, hey, if you and don't it like back to what you were saying, do I feel like, oh, my God, now that I've helped all these people, I need to help more people in an ideal world. I would love to have more money to help mm-hmm. more people. But I almost feel like, por eso Dios no me hace rica, because I would go broke trying to help everybody. You know what I'm saying? There is a unique balance in all of it. Um, I don't feel that adopt a mom was created to save the world, or I don't, I don't carry that weight on my back. But I do feel that we play an important role as women, not just me. And I'm really big on always giving credit to all the moms. Yeah. Because they'll be like, we did good because of our leader and this and that. And I just happen to be the one to start it. But none, absolutely 100% none of what we have done Mm -hmm. as a group, like community outreach, none of it 
could have happened single-handedly by myself. It's impossible. Yeah. Like every, and that's important for me, for them to know, you know, there's times when we did donations, for example, the Afghan refugees, there were moms que no tenían, no tienen dinero, no tienen, you know, they're living paycheck to paycheck. And I would tell them, you know, like a little toothpaste you give times 20 more moms that give whatever they can give. And before you know it, girl, you saw we have containers and containers and containers. That was a huge haul. It was big. Yeah. And so the thing is this, is that I think that if everybody understands that we all have the potential to put in our, our portion. If we all blood. if we all value what we have to offer, yes. period, because it doesn't matter. We all have something to offer. And, you know, and, yes. and, hear, and hearing you talk, I don't think that society gets it yet. I know there's a lot of emphasis being put on, oh, women matter and you should protect them. But I don't think that society as a whole understands that if you have our back, we will make it better. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, and it's funny because when they did the, the news interview, I don't even remember how it happened, but I remember saying, you know, this goes to show that when moms want to get something done, it's going to get done. Mm -hmm. Come hell or high water, you go tell a mom that lives in the projects that she can't make her little six-year-old birthday party a happy birthday party. Girl, va y saca préstamos, va y vende tamales. A good mother, because there's bad ones. Yeah, A yeah. good mother will make a way where there is no way. So then you take that times 2,000 or times 600, te imaginas, and that's kind El of what impacto. this has become. Yeah. yeah. So that's like what it's that. become. A little yeah. fireball of amazing moms is what it has like turned into. Which we were talking now and thinking of obviously this is where your group's at right now, right? You guys just come together. You know that the power is there. You know that the 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 willingness is there. But you've grown so much. At some point, decisions need to be made on what road <laughs> yeah. you're gonna take. Right. And we were talking about this last yeah. night. This is why I'm saying if you're not ready to tell the group, that's fine. No. I can edit this. But do you have OK, do you have a vision for it yeah. or you have a vision for it? Yeah. OK, good, good. Because I know you say, <laughs> yeah, because you say it started like, let's just get together and have an outlet and get together and like the, initial, the initial birthing of it. I had no idea. I just right. needed an escape. from. You just went room. with it. I just flowed with it. Mm -hmm. After the news. And after understanding that it wasn't a one time, one, it wasn't a one hit wonder. Uh huh. No, because the news thing brought us attention. And I was like, wow, I didn't believe it. But we, girl, we have donated over $3,000 to Uganda. We've had moms in Hawaii adopted. Like, we've done stuff that outside is out of, of our community, world. too. Yeah. Yes. Crazy, girl. Moms in Florida getting adopted. Moms in um, Missouri and Virginia. Like, the capacity of it and i think that that's why the vision can be so much more broad mm -hmm. because motherhood is a universal term yeah. motherhood is forever universal there's no religion no political there is no category it's just nurturing it. and loving that's all we want to do because yeah. i i mean I, any I, culture yeah it's like unison it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. And, and I'm sure I'm going to say this and it's totally going to resonate with you. But I, I mean, I will talk to anybody. I will talk to anybody. I don't care who you are. I will strike up a conversation with you and I'll sit there with you and talking forever. Right. But there's very special people in my life. Right. Just there's like a few special people in my life. 
And when I, like the way I feel about them, the love and the care that I feel for them, I think that it's been able to become what it is because I'm a mom. If that makes sense to you. For sure. Yes. I think that there's love, right? There's love. It's for example, we went and helped the Afghan refugee. As a human being, the emotional component of that, the compassionate component of that is there if you're a good person. But to be a mother... And to do that, it amplifies every emotion because mm-hmm. by nature, yo me imaginé a mis propios hijos. Andale. Yo me imaginé vivir en el piso, en una tent. Like, you immediately go into this transition of mama bear mode. Mm-hmm. And I think that every mother relates to that. Whether you're a good mom or a bad mom or a mom that works. Or, when mama, it's in all mama of them. bear yeah. comes in, it's instinctive. And mm-hmm. it like kicks in, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I really think, I think that God chose the right person <laughs> to get it started. Where was it to end? You know, only God knows. But I can tell you that, yeah, so we're definitely headed into the direction of becoming a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. I've kind of been intimidated with the idea of that because it's unknown territory and I get overwhelmed of like, ni sé que voy a hacer, no sé ni que esté haciendo. And part of the nonprofit part that scares me is that when you incorporate bylaws and stuff like that, I don't want it to taint the essence of what we are. But at the same token, like we talked yesterday, the bubble is bursting in the apartment. Like we went from a studio to the duplex and now we need to move into like a single family home, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the next and and hopefully um, a, a two-story just to get yes, girl. Con pool, con pool, girl. <laughs> but you know like that's where we're at and there's no way to avoid the elephant in the room so that's where we gotta go we gotta go the nonprofit route i do kind of the vision that i have is to take it to the nonprofit route only because i feel that it merits that platform i feel that i obviously bring that integrity a lot of our moms do And I know that we can do so much good with grants and those type of financial platforms to help and bless more people. Mm -hmm. Like that is not even something that I question. On the flip side, I also feel like this is more than just a nonprofit. I feel like this has become, you know, you think we were talking about this the other day. You think about influencers, you know, and how overnight, over a year or two span, they become like the it thing. And it's like, what? What makes this makeup artist or this snowboarder or whatever what makes them so essential Uh that people start to mimic them or want to be like them or spend money on them and to me it's like why do we allow even us as as humans as myself like why do we allow so much attention on an influencer that talks of themselves 90 percent of the time Mm -hmm. but then when you have a group that's willing to help a community and empower women and children alike, we kind of like disengage and it's not cool. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say because it's yeah. not cool, but why isn't it cool? But see, we're making it cool. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say because <laughs> I am, you know, even though a lot of people kind of look down on the fact that I did, and, and there were times where I was like, because I know my potential outside of being mom, right? Mm-hmm. I know that if you give me a task, I will figure it out. Like, yeah. I may not know. That's what I do in motherhood. Like, so many things come at me, you know, and you you do this, you know, every yeah. day you're like, oh, my gosh, yeah. I've never done this in my life. Yeah. But this isn't going to be the thing that breaks me. 
beings. Yeah. <laughs> like this is not where I'm going to stop. Right. So I understand and I know my potential outside. So for a while yeah. it would, it would bum me out that people kind of looked down on me, not because their opinion mattered, but because I was frustrated with like, if you only knew me outside of this, you would have more respect for me. But yes. then it was like, but why? Why do I have to step out of this role? That's so important to me. Yeah. I am giving, I am gifting the world beautiful, kind, intelligent, go-getter human beings, right? Yeah. So I take pride in that. So mm -hmm. I'm sorry that I'm not in an office working and meeting goals and not to say, not to like shame or down yeah, the no, women that do all. that or moms, because that's wonderful, right? I, I speak on here often of whatever your path is, I'm 100% behind you. I don't care if that's going to college, not going to college, being a stay-at-home mom, being, you know, working outside. I don't mm -hmm. care what it is. I just want you to step into who you are, step into your power. And own it. Own yes. it. Own it. And I own motherhood. I, mm -hmm. I, nobody, nobody mothers my, my little tribe. I mean, amigo que me dice, siempre me pregunta, ¿cómo está tu tribu? Because I have so many kids, you know, but nobody can mother my tribe the way I mother my tribe. Right. Yeah, and yeah. and if you allow me, for instance, you and I are not connected. Right. And any mother out there allows me to be there for you. I am there for you 100 percent because mm -hmm. I, I see you. I know yeah. I know the challenges and stuff. Yeah. So it, that's what gets me excited about your group. I'm so excited that like, yeah, you guys do so much. But I think that that feeling of like. I see you and you're beautiful. And you know what, friend? It's organic. Like you'll yes. go on to our lives and my kid's talking about how he wants Chi-Chi and I'm <laughs> over here looking like this and you hear my husband. Like it is the most like unfiltered. Uh -huh. I always tell the moms, this is the E2 Hollywood story of motherhood. <laughs> this is what it looks this like. This is the Housewives of El Paso. <laughs> this is the E2 Hollywood story, girl. But you know what? It's funny that we say that because, you know, you think about people in Hollywood, you think about the Kim Kardashians and the whatever. Yeah, a lot of them have access to nannies and this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, they're still moms. And there's something that connects us mm -hmm. that they can all relate to. That we can um, feel compassion towards them. Yes, absolutely. And our group is so relatable. It really and truly is. And, you know, like I said, there's there's moms that are very, they're not active but they stay on the group because every mom has a bad day. Yeah. And sometimes a live that I make singing about tacos, I'm doing it just to be a ridicula. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But to a mom that just had a really rough day with her kids or her husband or life, that might've been something essential to shift her day. And so our group really does, it's so versatile. It's mm -hmm. so, it's so many layers. And I'm just proud, friend. I'm just so proud. Like, really, it's a beautiful thing to be a part of. It's like I tell my husband, si yo me muero mañana, and I tell the moms this all the time, live a life of purpose. Purpose doesn't mean that you needed to have had a million dollar home, your mortgage paid off, and your car paid off. Yeah, that's great. But that's not a purposeful life. You know, there's people that have billions of dollars. They'll die, and tomorrow nadie los va a recordar. But you live a purposeful life. You live every day trying to help people, love people, make a difference. And girl, 
People will be talking about you for ages. You may not make the news. You may not make a book. But in your circle, which at the end of the day is more Even important. Not. Even not yeah. in your circle. I think about, for example, I'm, I'll never forget. You probably remember her, Terry Pollock de la Bui. She was an English teacher. Si, oh, si, no, si. She was there. See, I do not. remember the last name, yeah. So ella, amazing teacher, dude. In her job, in her mindset, she was just fulfilling her obligation to teach to her mind. Mm -hmm. But to me... Seeing a woman that was so well versed that challenged my mind, that inspired me to be better, that woman forever, forever shifted my path, my life, where I was going, what I believed um, about myself. And sometimes you don't realize that you have the potential to shift somebody's life in the right direction because society says that you're not good enough. Oh, you're just a mom. What what advice are you going to give? Or you know, or you're just a stay at home wife. How could you potentially change your husband's you know? I hated when somebody says, oh, she's just a stay-at-home mom. Or when a mom, it makes me so sad when they're like, oh, oh I'm just oh, a stay-at-home mom. Because I'm like, you don't understand. Society has done that. Yeah. They have put us in that little box of like, oh, you're just a stay-at-home mom. You're in PJs all day. And it's like, I wish that my life mirrored what society or you know some people believe that the life is because i wouldn't be this tired <laughs> you know my my mind wouldn't be my mind doesn't stop as i'm sure yours doesn't either you know every day just now getting before we got on here and you were like wait a minute was it 7 7 30 you know yeah, the list. Yeah. it's funny because i i just discovered reels on instagram okay i'm really uh -huh. glad with technology <laughs> And the moms are like, you've got to get Instagram. And I'm like, no lo entiendo. So I finally messed around with the reels and figured it out. Uh -huh. And I did this one reel. You're probably familiar with it. Where the song says, uh, uh, chicken in the corn. In the yeah. corn okay. So I, I did a reel where I'm like, yeah, se está quedando uno. it's two in the morning, right? And my mom's finally like, oh, I get to sleep for an hour and a half. Uh -huh. But then your brain is like, chicken in the corn. Yeah. Right? Because the list. The unforgettable mom the, the Yes. The... Yeah. Did I take the thing out of the freaking pot? Did I wash this? Did I disconnect the iron? Who has an appointment tomorrow? Like, it's unending. You it know? is. It is all the time, <laughs> you know. And, and I sometimes think... You know, there's there's like, well, husbands usually, you know, like they have a not to say again, like you said, that they're not hardworking and that they don't also carry so much overwhelming I love stress. My husband, man. But let's let me for the record, girl, <laughs> he cannot 100 percent cannot do what I do day in and day out. No way in hell. And that's what I was going to say, because it's <laughs> it's it's on. It's like on and on and on. There's no un plugging you have to find pockets of time for yourself which like I said in the beginning I was like no 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 I can't I cannot take time for me at all mm -hmm. and now I'm like I can't love on my people right if I'm not doing something for it's me so true. and it's so true that you say that friend I remember when I was going through my divorce really really like rock bottom time in my life I was you know in my I hadn't turned 30 yet, but to have to go back to live with my mom and my kids. I was independent since I was, you know, 19 years old. I never asked anyone for anything. So it was just a really hard time for me. And I remember thinking, like, I've lost my identity. I've lost who I am. Like, will I ever recover? And then you find yourself in the process, you know? And you just, when, I think once you lose yourself and you find yourself, you ain't ever going to get lost again. Yeah. You'll tremble a little here and there. 
but you're so sure of what you can tolerate and how much you can survive that it's any it's un, like it doesn't phase you it's so weird to like process it all mm-hmm. but yeah motherhood gives you it does give you a superpower it really and truly does we yeah. are we are bionic we become supernatural really yeah um, and you know what for me as i don't know if this is the same for you but motherhood centered me as crazy as it sounds because again we go back to the whole sometimes you really need a break and you're like stop leave me alone nobody talked to me for 10 minutes right yeah yeah i'm gonna lose my shit yeah like some (laughs) some shoes gonna be flying out the window in a minute you know but it still centers me Mm -hmm. and it gives me like it, it allows me to see beyond it's even allowed me to have more compassion for other women that perhaps I, I don't relate to on a thousand and one things, but you know, even if they don't have kids, even if they don't have kids, you know, I just, I, it's, it's really centered me. It motherhood, my kids saved me, dude. They've saved me. And I get so emotional talking about it because they, they save and they save me day in and out every single day. You'll get drained my divorce. I girl, and I'm a very positive, like, let's get to life person. After my divorce, I wasn't broken front. I was shattered, like millions of pieces shattered. Mm-hmm. I was like in denial. I was raised by a single mom. So the last thing I wanted was a divorce for my mm-hmm. babies. And I waited, you know, for a, a Latin culture. I was 25, you know, to be, had my first child at 26. Like for Latinos, that's like almost unheard of. Yeah, te voy a dejar el tren. No tiene que estar tan guapo. No I tiene que estar. Never lowered my standards. But I lost myself. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right. My babies, without knowing in their innocence, were my total ammunition. Mm-hmm. There were days that I just I didn't have it in me to wake up. I was just so exhausted and emotionally drained. And in the routine of life, yes, I had to force myself to get up to feed them and this because, you know, you're not a horrible human being. It's sad because I wasn't as emotionally engaged with my babies mm-hmm. going through something so traumatic. And it's true where you say a mother needs to find time to love on herself because you you project the mm-hmm. anger and the, the frustration on your babies. And during that time of my divorce, I was so high stress. Que pobrecitos mis babies. I worked two jobs. They were in daycare all day. Llegaban, les daba de comer y a dormir. There was no genuine bonding. And yes, I did a lot of things for them, like Christmas and this and that, but they missed out on something that a mother and only a mother can give. Mm-hmm. And that's why after getting married again and having other kids, I said, no, you know, I'm not gonna work. You want babies? I'll be a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to miss a moment, a beat, anything, because it's so essential to it them, is. more than us. Yeah, and, and sometimes you know? it does drive you nuts, right? Oh, yeah, because for sure, bro. When Every I day. Remember, yeah, I remember, not, even now, but even more so when they were younger, that I was like, I can't wait. I can't wait for them to grow up, and I'm going to go and get a job and just talk to somebody other than like, you know, somebody about a poopy diaper and I got puke on my shirt. Right. Uh, but I would not trade it for the world. You know, I would not. And I, and I respect any woman's choice, whatever they choose. You know, some, some don't even, some women don't want to have kids. Great. I don't, say anything bad about that yeah Yeah, exactly but for myself 
I just would not trade it. Oye, pero sabes que going back to yes, we're mothers, but that doesn't make us disabled. Um, the fact that you're doing your show and that yes, you know, people listen and follow and you do ignite something in other people. It's like this domino effect. One of the things that I love about what Adopt a Mom has done for my boys, it is a lot of work. A lot of the times estoy ahí organizando mi desmadre, as I call it, my donation center in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's out of control. <laughs> They get to see yeah. mom doing good. They get to see little kids que no tienen zapatitos and are mm -hmm. like over the moon about a jacket. They get to see what it is to be popular for all the right reasons. Right. You know, and in this day and age, Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. these are kids, YouTube, todo esto, they are like bombarded with all the wrong ideas of what famous and powerful and ideology, what that should all be. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, unfortunately, son unos idiotas, you know, the people that they like. It's not even real talent sometimes. It's girls. <laughs> like, I, like, I always, I, I believe, I know, like, I believe that everybody has something beautiful to give, but I sometimes feel that the stuff that's given is not really great, you know? Maybe it isn't their thing. Maybe it isn't their thing. Oh my God. But they're getting the attention for it still. <laughs> Right? <laughs> so my kids like this YouTuber que es un gamer. Uh -huh. que ya no I don't even remember his name. And I'm like, what? How is this person famous? Hacen unas cosas that are like, they're not saving humanity. They're doing dumb challenges that could literally kill a kid. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh. So, you know, in essence, the group is a really beautiful tool. It's funny that you say that right now. Me acordé. So when I first started the group, there was a lot going on. I mean, there mm -hmm. still is, but I have it more like contained, believe it or not. <laughs> there was like every Wednesday, we had workout Wednesday. Every Friday was Mejor Muerta Que Sencilla. Sunday was last Sunday. There was like always something going on every week of all weeks. You know? And I had this mom message me. This is like before we even made the news and all that. And she was like, oh, I really love your group. It's so great, but you should really go hang out with your kids. Like that was her feedback. And I was like, I kept it, dude. I screenshotted that and I was like, que fea, you know? Because doing what I do is hard and it's not for the faint of heart. Like you have to learn to balance being a mom, being a wife, running a business, and then doing this adopt a mom thing where if you're not strong-minded and level-headed, the community will suck you dry. Not even because they mean to. It's just the energy. overwhelming, the numbers and the needs and the, <laughs> look at me, look at me. Yeah, because we all, you know, the connection that we're all seeking. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, que fea. Because I thought to myself, if she knew the work that goes into this, if she knew that every night I still make time to pray for my babies, that I have a freaking two-year-old still on the chichi, like if she knew that I still feed my babies, go to their events, make time for Elf on the Shelf. Like, if she knew all of that, and I'm thinking in my mind, esta señora de seguro, and who knows, yo no sé, I don't even know who she is. Mm -hmm. They're probably those moms that probably don't even read a damn book to their kid, but they're so quick to just be like, oh, you need to pay more attention to your babies, you know? I don't know very much about your kids, but I can speak for my own. Regardless of all this stuff going on, Friend, like you said, I'm raising solid human beings for society. Yeah. My kids are well-behaved, well-mannered, do well in school. I mean, they're yeah. well-rounded human beings. And, they, and you know what? And they no están maleados. 
porque I'm going to tell you, tengo teenagers, and not to like, right? <laughs> But yeah, what yeah, you yeah. see out there. I'll say it for you. Hay muchas niñas peladas yeah. avanzadas. Okay, girl, they need to not be that way, girl. I'll tell them. They're not, sure. and they're very conscious of like other people's pains and, you know, ensuring oh. that they're including other people. Do they get it 100% of the time? No, because they're still young. It's it's becoming more and more who they are, you know, and I'm proud. I, I look at them and I think, you know, because I, I tell my Well, my boys, but the older one is the one that pays more attention because he's he's a teenager. The other ones are like, whatever, mom. Uh, but I always tell him, I want you to be a partner to whomever you're going to end up with. Right. Like we emphasize partnership. We emphasize the importance of him being a present father if he chooses to be a father. Right. We emphasize the importance of your partner, your however that may look like for you, deserves time to herself, you know, deserves time to do things that she wants on her own. You deserve that. Like, and it may not be like a big deal to a lot of people, but it is, it is a big deal, you it know, is. it is. And I think that that's really important in healthy relationship building. A lot of the parents, especially in our culture, oh my God, it was like black and white. Either you're going to be with the machista and you're the submissive wife forever and ever and ever so you can be amazing. O vas a ser la que no puede depender de un hombre y no necesita. And that was how I was raised. So I was raised by all women. And you would never think that that's a bad thing, but in a marriage, it's horrible, girl. Yo era de esas de las que, I don't need you and you can do whatever you want. And in a marriage, that's not a good attitude to have, you know? So it, it's, it is about partnership and balance. I think it's beautiful that you have those early conversations with your children because they play long-term roles in their adult relationships. I also, a big thing with me, obviously I'm in a blended family. My first two are from my first marriage, second two from this marriage. And yo soy like, como dicen, este, la cola rabona todos or parejos or whatever. Uh -huh. Like if I'm going to kick my 10 year old's ass, I'm going to kick my four year old's ass. Like yeah. no, there's no exception to the rule. But on the same token, I am a very open-minded mom. And I support my kids 100%. For example, my oldest is very musically inclined, very creative. And in our culture, a lot of people would be like, lo vas a ser maricón and things like that, you know? And is my son going to grow up to be gay? I don't know. Am I going to love him? Uh, of course I am, regardless yeah. of what Yeah, like why be. is that even, uh, yeah, it's something, yeah. It's irrelevant. Um, so like he wanted to be Freddie Mercury. Or who do you want to be when you grow up? And not so much Freddie Mercury like Freddie Mercury, but in his mind, he wants to be a musician, an artist. But Because Freddie Mercury was a badass I mean, rock yeah, star. Yeah, like super talent. Legend. And so he understands talent. Like he gets it. Mm -hmm. And to the society or kids or niños ignorantes, ah, you want to be gay? You know, and it's like, let's talk about being gay. Yeah. Well, and even if, yeah. What if I and was? I tell my kids, <laughs> I say, look, son, first of all, you let them know. I want to be Freddie Mercury because he's one of the greatest music legends of all times. But let's say that you were gay. What would you tell him? Well, mom, I'm like, no, you have to own who you are, son, because the world will try to modify you every second and mm -hmm. opportunity that they get. So I'm really big on letting my babies decide who they want to be, so long as it requires them being a decent human being. And that's hard, friend. Porque cuando te casas con un mexa, right? <laughs> machista. 
no, no, no. And it's like, bro, like we're so past that. Like get over it. How many times do we hear of these men that have marriages and kids and then come out of the closet? Why? Because nobody ever let them be who they wanted to be. Yes. Y fíjate que recently I heard something and I don't know who said it, but it's like engraved in my head now, in my mind. Que decía, parents are willing to do anything for their kids. You talk to any parent, the majority of them, like really, I, I think almost every parent. We're willing to go to the extremes for our kids, right? So he said, parents are willing to do everything for their kids except let them be who they want to be. It's and true. that stopped me because it comes from a place of love, a place of like, I've experienced that here. Let me, let me do it this way. This is better. This worked for me. This didn't, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's so easy to want to do that because you don't want mm -hmm. anything bad to ever happen to them. But it's something that I'm trying and I've tried, you know, more so recently. And it's hard. It's very hard. <laughs> it's, it's hard. Very, it's very true. hard. I think people on yeah. the outside, especially people that don't have children, are a little bit more objective objective about that. And they'll say, oh, no, pues si tienes que dejar los que sufran. And they're not wrong, but they don't understand how hard that is, right? Yeah, yeah, so sure. any time that I allow them to make a mistake, to turn it into like a learning lesson, yeah. I feel proud of myself because... Yeah. The mom in me wants to just go, no, 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 no. Nah, <laughs> don't, don't do that. And especially you with teenagers, because yeah. let's face it, the kind of like the the platform of where mom still has a large influence is probably like sixth grade is that last year where you can really still infiltrate your ideas onto your kids. But yeah, I mean, once they're middle school, high school, they do become 100% their own little people. They do. And you know what I'm going to say to that? I think homeschooling has really done us a huge favor because yeah. it's allowed for more time with them around me, you know, and then I do work really hard at being open minded with them. And we have conversations that I know for sure. Y te estoy hablando de que mi mamá es médico, right? She, she was a, a doctor. Ya se recibió médico en Juárez. So she was open minded according to her generation. When you compared her mm -hmm. to back then, she was open minded. Y luego she was a woman that knew about like, you know, she was educated. So there, we had a little bit of leverage with that. But she was still a woman that was born in like the 50s and raised in the 60s, yeah, yeah. 70s, right? So even though she compared to other women her age, she was very much open and open-minded. And, and open -minded. Yeah. She still wasn't what I think today's world needs for moms, mm -hmm. right? So I have very tough conversations with them where I have to look at my 14-year-old son and understand that he's not a baby, and there's urges happening and there's, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? And there's things going on. And you know what? So many parents will disagree and I really don't care. Mm -hmm. Like I talked <laughs> to my husband about this. I, I, it, it's, it, it seems extreme, but here's my theory. I would much rather, it's like a drill. Why do you have a fire drill to try to prevent them from staying in shock in a fire? Yeah. Right? So they can retrieve something at the time something in their mind. Mm -hmm. They've practiced it so much that they're not going to just freak and stay still, right? That's the whole plan. Right. So it's the same concept with like introduction to adulthood and life choices. So I tell my kids all the time, sometimes really tough conversations and they're 10 and 11 girl. Yeah. But unfortunately, their generation is muy avanzada. Mm -hmm. So I tell my sons, I mean, we've talked about fentanyl 
drug abuse. Mm -hmm. I've showed them YouTube videos of addict people that are addicts overdosing. It can be traumatic, but you know what? I would much rather my children see the reality that is out there Mm -hmm. versus a false reality and then fall into that because they weren't told the truth. Yeah, because they they come up with it or or they're faced with it and they're just going to tell you the fun side of it. They're not going to tell you, take this and you're going to feel great now. However, give it a few months and your life's going to be destroyed, right? So, you know, to to just expand on that, my father is a substance abuser, alcohol. Mm his whole life. And so it was really hard growing up with, you know, a parent who abused, you know, any type of substance, but yeah. alcoholism is was brutal for us. And for your mom. That's oh, crazy. oh, it was like because I tell her I tell her all the time, I know my experience as a as a child growing up and the challenges, but then to think that that amplified, you know, a billion times more as the woman in his life the woman in his life and the mother of his children yeah because the mom's always thinking yo lo aguanto por mi pero mis hijos you know what i mean yeah this is when we cometemos ese error mm-hmm. we really think that we're doing our children a favor by staying in these volatile relationships y todo, y todo regresa a la cultura and like the shame around women and like how dare you're gonna walk out you know what i mean so so yeah. she obviously you weren't had, good enough life because you couldn't handle anything no aguantas nada <laughs> no más chinga porque no te aguantas más like what yeah. how many how many do i need to qualify for like <laughs> right the slaughterhouse yeah i know so you know she had her own demons that she had to deal with because of that but i i when i became a mom i can't even tell you a switch went off and i was like okay genetics loads the gun environment pulls the trigger for alcoholism yeah Brene Brown says that and it's like the best explanation when it comes to alcoholism so So then I thought okay they're already predisposed because of genetics so am I if I find myself in the right environment and I get real ballsy I could very well end up the same way so I had to make a choice but when I when I saw my baby, my first one born. I was like, nope, this isn't going to happen to them. La voy a cagar de otras maneras, right? Mm -hmm. But this is not going to be the one. So till this day, I don't drink because I'm like, no, because how am I going to sit there and tell them? Because they're very aware of their grandfather's, you know, problem. I'm very open with them about it. Te lo digo, this is what I'm telling you, because since they were very young, they've known. And in a way that they can understand according to their age, right? But now with the older ones, I'm very open about it. And I talk about the challenges. And I'm like, you guys, nobody's going to tell you. Nobody's going to tell you that the after after party, it's Mm -hmm. not fun. And there's loneliness Mm -hmm. and there's destruction and this, you know. So we're very open about that. But... I can very well look at him and be so hardcore about like, guys, you really got to think about it twice. Like, you know, because I'm not going to stop him from doing something. I am not can't stop him from like having a drink here or there. Right. Mm-hmm. All I can hope is that because of my experience is that at least they're responsible with it, that they develop a responsible relationship, if, if any, right, with alcohol. But I tell them I won't do that to myself. I don't need it. The reality is I don't need it. You don't need it either. 
But that's going to be a choice you have to make when you're older, right? So we have conversations about that. We have conversations about sex. We have conversations about sexual assault because I, too, am a survivor of that. And, wow. you know, and I, I've told my son. Well, and, and now, I mean, I have all boys. So in this day and age, sexual assault is real. It always has been. But mm -hmm. in this day and age, sadly enough, muchas mujercitas that were actually not sexually assaulted use that right as like almost like a vindictive tool towards the male partner right to say oh i was assaulted and ruined their life so me raising all boys i raise my children to respect a woman not hit a woman this and the other on the same token i raise them to be very wise of who they choose to like and have crushes on and your actions yeah. around them when you're alone and you know oh, which yes. is which is really sad because que, que mala onda que tu puppy love no pueda ser like the exciting cute little thing like now you have to be watching yourself right but i was just telling him a few days ago i was like listen kai what's his real name is it kyler or just kai kai just kai k-a-i kai oh that's so cool yeah kai um it means c in japanese I mean, wow, that's I, so, I love the yes, I love so it. I loved it. I loved it and I love him. But um I was <laughs> telling him, I was like, you know what? You are gonna start dating soon and I, you're gonna like somebody so much, things may escalate, right? Physically. But I'm right. like, do yourself a favor. I don't care how much she's signaling you with her body language and her actions that she's into it before anything happens. I want you to be like, are you sure you want to do this? Because then I'm going to tell you my, my thought process behind that. Not only as a mom trying to protect my son, but also I've, as having been on the other side where I froze. Every time it was, it was multiple people throughout my life since I was very, very young. So I froze every time. Yeah. And to, to the other person, to the, the person assaulting, it was like, pues no hizo nada. Yeah, yeah. No hizo nada, le gustó, or, or mm -hmm. she wanted or whatever. Right. So me and thinking of that, I'm like, you have to give her space where she can verbally tell you this is okay. And if yeah. anything about her tells you like an off, trust me, there's going to be other times <laughs> you can, you can stop yourself because it's very dangerous for both, both parties. It's right. True. I mean, it's just sadly the life we're living in the world we're living in. We have to have these conversations with yeah. them. If we want to have decent human beings, like, navigating the world yeah functional relationships yeah. i think communication is is totally key and and transparency miralo is this a four-year-old is this el más chiquito is this pax i don't think hi, you can hear pa you have can a cool oh there's a six-year-old hey buddy that's ezra and he's showing off <laughs> his dance moves so right now I we're like in that hair. transition of like sí. you know is, is she intentionally doing yeah they're like no girl it doesn't work unless mom's putting them to bed see because i have to go and like sit That's there how and I pat, am. Their, yeah. pat their back Lonnie. okay so tell me your kids names friend so the oldest one is Des desiree desiree okay. but but i spell that differently i spell that d-e-s-i-r-e-i-g-h kai and then leilani wow and that's then, hawaiian no leilani yeah, yeah so leilani esra and pax 
Wow, that's so cool. So funny enough, you opened me first husband. I wanted like really exotic, like crazy names like uh-huh. Atreyu and 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 actually no, I didn't want Warrior. I wanted Yeshua, Atreyu, Ezra, uh-huh. Elijah. I wanted those names, but it was hard for Mexico to get a junior. And I was like, no, his name was Roberto, right? And I'm like, no, 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 no. And that created such an argument in the family. So este, I named my first son. I wanted it Maximus after we agreed on like meeting halfway. And he was like, no, it's too American. And I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> so it ended up being Maximiliano. Uh-huh. So that's my Which is a beautiful name, too. It is. Uh-huh. It is. And it's a strong name. Uh-huh. But by the time I was second with my pregnant with my second uh, child, the first one was naming the first one was such a nightmare, excuse me, that I was like, if it's a boy, you name him, no questions asked. And if it's a girl, I name her, no questions asked, because it was that much of a fight. So it ended up being a boy and he named him after his dad, Santiago. So that's uh-huh. the first two. By the time I had these other little ones, I told my husband, I'm like, no, I like like very unique names. And so my four-year-old say I'm a warrior. That's his actual name. Oh, that's a yeah. beautiful name. It's a, you know, I think there's something in naming, you know, your children. Well, I do. I believe it, friend. It's like speaking them into existence, you know? Yeah. Um, so warrior was, I just knew whether it was going to be a boy or a girl, the name was going to be warrior. My husband is like so chill that he was like, okay. And I just kind of felt like, Obviously, I became a born-again Christian through my trials and all that. And I was like, I just feel like this child's going to be like a warrior for God, like a good servant, you know? So he's warrior Elijah. And then the little guy is Yeshua, because Yeshua's uh, Jesus in Hebrew. So that's how that happened. But I love unique names. Yeah, that's them. a beautiful name. Fíjate que, que yo me, este, crecí en un hogar donde el cristianismo, like, was, that's what I was born into. But it was fanatic because obviously your dad was an alcoholic. So how yeah. does that even? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. and, and well, it was, it was a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of things. See, that's where I always tell my husband. So like right now that we were talking about homosexuality, you know, there's always that big stigma of, oh, you're a Christian, but you have gay friends. And my biggest argument to that is, yes, I am a Christian, but you know what? God showed me grace. And if I am a Christian, God is love. And God in his word says that you should love thy neighbor, even the least of these. At no point in time does he says it's your job to go and condemn. And so there's always like that head butting with other Christians because it's like, no, it's black because and white. It be, because it becomes about religion. Yes. And so many people get turned off by that. Y te lo digo porque not, nothing against Catholics. I mean, everyone within their own faith is entitled to find that spirituality that really changes you from the inside out, whatever it may be. I was uh, raised Catholic, unfortunately, for all the wrong reasons. It was just like, let's go to church on Sunday and then talk crap about the people that we just saw and then take the ostia, but not really confirm and all this like rules. It was more like ritualistic. It was totally ritualistic. I mean, I didn't even have a relationship with God. I was just scared of the Cristo up the stairs looking at me. You know, it was like, it was totally fear-based. There was like no lovey-dovey, nothing beautiful feeling in my heart about my religion when I was a kid. And so growing up, that really angered me. It angered me to see that Catholicism was fake, but also I had a very fanatic biological, fanatic Christian biological father that was extremely abusive to my mom, but then he would come and preach and this, that, and the other. So by the time I was in middle school, which is probably the most important time to be like centered, I hated all religion. 
So I kind of like self-diagnosed myself agnostic. I was just like, I believe in a higher being. I have this relationship with whatever it is that's there. And we're just going to wing it, you know? <laughs> y te digo, no me hice yo cristiana till like after my divorce. And it's always, it's always like an argument because I don't know that I want to say I'm a liberal Christian, but I'm just like a Christian that works with their heart more than with their mind, if that makes any sense. No, yeah, total, total sense. As a matter of fact, you estado like deconstructing my faith. It has nothing to do with my core values. Like obviously right. I, be I believe in God and I, I, I focus more on personal relationship. Because that's essential. Imagine the people in China, girl. Que no los dejan ni tener Biblia. Like, imagine, like, the 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 word is like, well, but girl, what are they going to go to hell because they had no Bible? Because they had, like, what? You know, so, like, there's so many factors where you're just like, that makes absolutely no sense. So I do believe that it is about relationship building. And it's about having a supple heart for the rightness in who this higher divinity is, right? Because you think of the Buddhists and you think of how good these people are, how centered they are, how healthy they are. And they, it's, it's an, it is a beautiful relationship that they have. They're wonderful human beings, right? And then you think about like the religious fanatics. And I always say this because talk about a controversial like turn over here. The, um, tanto como hay malos católicos, hay malos cristianos. Hay mm -hmm. ma la gente es mala. Hay gente yeah. mala en el mundo. But you have to separate yourself despite whatever your religious belief is and decide, no, no, no. Like I'm doing this because in my heart, I can live with it. I can live with being this type mm -hmm. of a human being. Um, and you're right. Religion and rituals just like it kills the essence of it all. Yeah. Like the, like it, it doesn't leave you with anything that's like good to taste. Organized religion in general, like for me, I've become very disillusioned with it, you know, um, uh, partly because it's what I grew up with. So obviously, when you grow up with a specific belief, that's it. And so it's very hard to to come to terms and see it from a different lens and be like, maybe this is not so great. Maybe this doesn't and then align. You feel, you feel bad mm -hmm. because everyone that raised you. I remember my grandma in Paz Descanse, she would, she was livid that I was like a born again Christian because she was a hardcore Catholic, you know, uh -huh. and I'm like, oh my God, how sad that like I'm being condemned for being a good human being yeah. all because I don't want to go pray to La Virgen. Like, what is yeah. the deal? Fíjate, I have, I have a story from a, a cousin, una prima mía que ella me dijo from a very young age because del lado de mi papá, everybody is Catholic, right? Like that's the faith that they grew up with. So mi papá también. So obviously there's like that, you know, he, he like was born again, but there was a struggle still. Pero mi prima me dijo that she's like Nayeli, because my middle name is Nayeli. And she's like, Nayeli, I remember going to church and I was like 12, maybe. And, you know, speaking of like the time when you're really trying to like discover yourself yeah. and make sense of the world. And she said, <laughs> and we were in church and the priest, I guess some woman had some girl, some young girl had been raped. And somehow, somehow he was talking about it. I'm assuming because it made the news and it was like close to the area or whatever. Well, he basically in his preaching or in his sermon, he basically condemns her right, yeah. for having been raped. 
And she's like, and in my 12-year-old mind, I was like, wait, what? You're sending her to hell because she was raped? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. So so from that point on, she was like, I want no part of this, right? And I think that that's what we do. When we shove down people's throats, like the ritual, the religion, the the imaging, the, the you know, the 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 paranoia and the, the obsession rapture. yeah the end of the it's world. like no how about you love people how yeah. about you love them and you listen to them and you're there for them because it's not your job to fix them you're exactly. not god and at the end of the day that's it we're all gonna have to answer to god for what we did good what we did bad girl you could have served a christian church for 30 years and still end up in hell like who knows you know what i'm saying like at the end of the day you have to live transparent within what you believe in. I don't know. You can't go around condemning people because what a turnoff, right? Like God's yeah. ultimate sacrifice was to show such selflessness and such grace, right? To all of us. If if that is like what everyone does believe or doesn't or whatever. So to, if, if you call yourself a Christian, which I do, or, or Catholics because we believe in Christ, you know, what a shame to know that that is the truth, right? He yeah. died for us and all this, but then to be like, oh, you're, well, you're not pure enough. No, no, you're not good enough to like make it to heaven. Like, what? think about it. The ones that are constantly condemning you have the bigger baggage. It's true, girl. Y son los más canijos. Son los más canijos porque hay un muchacho que yo sigo en Instagram y él es él es homosexual, but I lo I love him. He's just he's just a fun, energetic, he, positive. Uh, is he, um, what's his name? Mario. Is he Mario something? That's comedian. No, no, no. I know who I know who you're talking about, but I love him too. No, but this guy, this guy, <laughs> his name is Brandon. Oh, I'll send you through a message later. But yeah. but he has this thing where like every Monday he takes questions from like all his followers and then he calls it messy Mondays, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like a space where he's like you can be anonymous, like I guess if people just want to share. So they share things with him and they can be great things like, "Oh, I'm three days sober or I got yeah. a new job or something great or it can be something messy very messy that's why he calls it messy mondays that's y cantidad de gente that go on there to talk about him being gay no to say like for instance one of them was like el domingo pasado me dejé caer al pastor de mi iglesia right before he went to like give the sermon right oh, and so yeah so then he's like okay like <laughs> Um, congratulations. I don't know what to say, right? But, but all this, yeah, so but you know, but all this to say, los más canijos son los que más te juzgan, you know, because when you've been through, like you said, you've been shattered, you've been through some stuff, there's there's compassion in you at some point. You don't have to agree with whatever the person is doing or Absolutely. saying. You don't have to, but you have that compassion of like, hey, I'm human and I've been through the dirt and I know what it's like to have your, so your back turned on you. So a example of this, we talk about the Af Af Afghan refugees. So much political environment, politics, questions, opinions, when we decided to just help, it was just to help a human being because they are not all suicide bombers. They are not all haters of the Western culture. Not all of them. Some of them just- A lot of them are out. victims of- Of their own culture. 
Absolutely. But then again, you know, it, it's like a never ending story, friend. You're going to have the fanatics that no los puedes cambiar en ninguna forma. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have us that we're like so chill and we just want to love the earth and bring positive light. And then you're going to have, there's so much. And that that's one thing that you kind of, as you get older, you realize we go talk, we go back to talking about people pleasing. You can't make them all happy. Mm-hmm. And the sooner you accept that you cannot do that, the more liberated you are to just be who you are. Yeah. Um, you know, I've come to terms that I can't, there's no way I can make 2000 moms happy on the group. There's also no way that I can make the entire community happy. I do what I can to the best of my ability and I make choices that I can live with. That's awesome. Well, my friend, yeah. I took literally like two hours of your time. I'm oh, just no, now. <laughs> But before I let you go, anything that I know you say you have a vision, anything mm-hmm. you want to share, anything you're working on, maybe, I don't know, a call to, you know, anyone listening right now that you want to make? Well, first, I just wanted to say thank you, friend. Like, it really is. You're welcome. This was fun. It's beautiful. And it's an honor for people to recognize your work, you know, mm-hmm. to really, really understand your work. Um, so I am very grateful on behalf of myself and the moms that work hard and tirelessly to to give back and make a difference. I thank you for giving us this platform, you know, for people to see what we're about. As far as the vision goes, um, I think, like I said, we're headed into the direction of becoming a nonprofit. It's clear to me that even if I wanted to quit, it's like you're in too deep, you know? Yeah. And you've done so much good, but like it's- Are you going to consider a board? Is there like a board needed now or do you have- to. Uh You have to have a board in order to go into like nonprofit status. To qualify, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, all of that is, it's intimidating, um, but I think that's just where we're at now. But I do, I have, I have great visions, friend. Honestly, my biggest um, vision on a business level Mm -hmm. would be to create, I was just talking to my best friend about it today, actually, to create um, an Etsy style. (laughs) You know how Etsy is like one base, multiple crafters, whatever, Mm -hmm. kind of to create an Etsy style platform, but for moms. Mm -hmm. So where we can be the the business affiliate right like the main business affiliate but i could bring moms on board and run it as a business and give them an opportunity to expose and and do their work and stuff you know and and just i don't know i kind of been playing with that idea for a while now we've had really good results in a year with like merchandise and the mercadito and i was telling my friend you know the the audience the customer base is there because Mm -hmm. they believe in who we are and what we stand for. Mm-hmm. And I think that once that part is plugged in, that's the hardest part yeah. for people to believe in what you stand for. And, and you guys you already know, have a presence. Yeah, for sure. The hardest part, like yeah. lifting, you know, amplifying and, you know, that's the hardest part to build. So it's now like, okay, we have the presence, we have what the people. Yeah, yeah. Now where do we go with it? <laughs> Yeah. And then anything that you guys are doing, like maybe around the holidays, thinking about or what we usually do. And I say usually it's only our second year with the group. Um, What we did last year. So, of course, our Mercadito is a bi-monthly event, which has become like a big gem in the community right now. Every Christmas, we do a really big gift exchange within the group. So we have kids within the group gift exchange, and then we collect gifts to give to the community. Mm-hmm. Last year, we did Child Crisis Center. I think we might do Segundo Barrio like this year. 
And then right now we're also working on Project Warm Hearted, which is collecting jackets and blankets to give out to kids in Segundo Barrio and in Juarez. There's always something going on, friend, honestly. Like, um, I think December is probably the most chill month. Okay. And that's because I told the moms, like, that That for me is a really big month for me and my kids to build mm -hmm. memories. And so I don't compromise that. You yeah. know, I'll do like, two big events and then that's all it. of December. Yeah, I'm, like, working on Elf on the Shelf moving every morning and, you know, decorating. <laughs> I'm so glad to, I like... never introduced my kids to that. <laughs> I'm Bro. so glad because Bro, I see I see the challenge. pictures. I see the pictures. And they're like, oh, I forgot to move the stupid elf. And here I am <laughs> sipping on my hot chocolate or whatever. Like, <laughs> I see you, but I'm it's not doing it. <laughs> that, talk about setting boundaries. I'm That's yeah. one I'm not willing to, <laughs> to give up. You never have hot chocolate. No. You go up on the shelf, girl. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, te digo que... This is the reality of adopt a mom friend. It it is so unique in what it is. Mm -hmm. um, I've never heard of a group like it. I've heard of a lot of mom groups, a lot of yeah. mom support groups, but I've never heard or been a part of one that is so powerful. I mean, these girls can to, produce to take it outside of the group oh, because yeah. because I do I've seen a lot of mom groups that that do a lot within the group and they're amazing within you know that yeah. but to take it out I mean talk about all the way to Hawaii and you know like funding children oh, all yeah. the way on the other so side Uganda of the world. Uganda was beautiful. That was I last bet. year around Christmas and we sent it was so hard to even figure out the logistics of how to send money to Uganda and do we trust this person in Uganda? And and he was, he's such a sweet guy. His name is Isaac and he runs a charity called Love Charity. Yo le dije, mira, I was super straight up with him. I was like, I can make my moms come through for you because they're legit people, but you got to come through for us. We need to see kids with new shoes. Yeah. We need to see kids with clothes. Girl, it was so beautiful. Nos mando fotos, los niños con sus zapatitos. Like, you know, it was adorable. This was last year. It was in December, I think, mm -hmm. last year. Este, we sent, I think it was like $3,400 American dollars to Uganda. And they did. They bought school supplies, zapatos, ropita, comida. El tiene como un rancho. Like a, mm -hmm. He was able to like purchase like farmland where he could um, plant his own papas and stuff to give to the needy. So you know what I mean? Like for you to be able to say that you were a part of that, it's crazy. So that's what I'm saying. Like if within the first year, we did that, you know, there, what is the limit? You know, yeah. we don't know. It's a, it's wherever God wants to take us. And, and we just have to be humble in the process, supple to adapt. That's it, I guess. This was so good. Thank you so much. Well, for I'm always here, here. And, and I'm here too. And this, don't let this be the last time that we hear from each other. Girl, yes. <laughs> Igual, hey, Dios los hace y ellas se rejuntan, mira. Ándale <laughs> pues, so amiga. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I hope you come back to join our next conversation. But until then, be love and be safe.